CJ comes on out. We talk Major League Baseball. Most teams getting around to that 20-game mark of the season. So we're starting to see some trends develop, obviously. You can't win a World Series in April. But as uh, Jimmy Rollins, the once great Philly shortstop, says, you can lose one um, if you don't come out of the gates a little better than some of these teams have. So it's going to be fun to talk to CJ. We're going to talk the City Connect jerseys, the back end of the program. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cal Schwarber incident at the top. And then we're going to get into our ballpark reviews. I was in D.C. at Nats Ballpark. It was a fun night, cold night, that's for sure. CJ was in the Bronx. We're going to talk about our experiences at the ballparks. And then we'll also kind of look at the uh, how teams are doing in the divisions as well. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, Phil style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're talking Major League Baseball, B.O.B. edition. Let's go. All the Brewers close it out. Hater, they love giving Hater pitches off the plate in games. Yeah, I, I want to ask you something, and I, I, I want your kind of opinion on it. Yeah. I'm not saying Kyle Schwarber was in the wrong, but I've seen more egregious calls. I 100% agree with you, CJ. I'm not I, saying Angel got it right. I've just, right. but and that was a strike on Bryce Harper in the first too. It's not like that yep. wasn't something he didn't call all night. Yep, exactly, exactly. That's kind of funny you mentioned that because that's kind of what um, my buddy Clay said the same thing. He was like, you know, that wasn't the worst call ever. I think it no. Was now a, the one that was up in the zone, that one was yes. Bad, but... The one, the one that got called before the strike three was was probably the worst call of the two. But I've seen umpires give that give that little bit on the outside forever. Oh yeah, Greg dude. Maddox fucking lived out there. Yeah, Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox was a ball even farther out than a ball farther out than that even. Yeah, so that's what I'm like. Because when I when I heard it, I'm like, okay, this has got to be good. And then when I saw it, I'm like, that's not as egregious as what everybody wanted to make it out to be. I think it was a whole totality of the whole game as to why he did what he did. Probably. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the whole reason. I mean, I think, obviously, I honestly think, too, Angel Hernandez being Angel Hernandez, having that reputation. Yeah, because if that's anybody else, I'm not so sure it even makes news. Oh, I don't think it makes news at all. But, maybe, now, maybe, granted, maybe, I think Schwarber maybe, would have made a little bit of a – that him getting thrown out the way he did would have been a highlight, but I don't think it would have been like the lead like it was on on Sports Center that night. But but at the same time, too, I think you got to realize it's Schwarber who's a little bit of a lightning rod type character because he hits it a, hits it you know billion miles you know strikes out a lot and he's a former Cubby and people love that. And then you you combine in the fact that it was a zero zero game for the longest time until the ninth. That probably has something to do with it. Yeah, I just I like when I first saw it, I was just like, man, I, I've seen worse. Like I, I'm not saying it's not a ball, but I that to me's always kind of been a strike. You gotta protect that outside corner. Yeah, you gotta especially with two strikes in the ninth inning, you gotta foul that pitch off, throw it into the other 
put it into the other dugout, live to see another pitch. You yeah, know, I mean, I've gotten called out on that pitch before and turned it around. The umpire looked flat at me, and he's like, got to take it off your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, that's fair. I mean, if you're gonna make me, if you're gonna make him hit the inside corner, then all right, you're giving him a little on the outside. All right, I, and you just kind of, I've always kind of known that going in. Well, it's just, man. If it's anything close, you, with two strikes, you protect the plate. I mean, that's just. Yeah, as 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 my dad and other managers, I used to have to say anything in the zip code. Uh, I don't know about zip code, but we if it. <laughs> If it's close, you better you better throw your hands at it, put it put it in the opposite dugout, man. I mean, that's just you know. Now, if you get called on inside pitch that's way inside, that's a that's more difficult. Yeah, now, had that been on the inside and he misses, yeah, that's got to be a ball. Like yeah. I, I, I always umpired, I'll, I'll give you a little on the outside, but you're going to hit the inside. Well, Schwarber, both guys have a right to make a living. And Schwarber kind of, and Schwarber kind of, um, I think his in his kind of tirade. He was like, well, you can't give him up and you can't give him out. So, like, I think he was more upset about the high pitch and then, then him getting the pitch off the plate as well. He's like, you can't give him both. You've got to give him one or the other. Yeah, because I, 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 I've unfortunately been on that side where he, I've had a guy miss inside and outside and he got both of them. And I was just like, okay, dude, like one or the other, but you can't give him both. No, like that's that's when it's tough. If if an umpire is giving getting that big a zone to where it goes every which way, that's when you're in, that's when you have your problem. Like yeah, and it's not like Angel. Angel's always had kind of a big strike zone anyway. It's not always consistent, but it's always been a little big. Mm-hmm. Definitely a little big. But you know, I mean, I honestly think too, it's his him it, being it's who him. it is. Yeah. Like I think the only other umpire that probably makes news is what Joe West. Probably, probably. I'm trying to even think of any. I mean, I know other umpires just because like been around the game long enough to hear the names. Yeah, who was the guy? Um, gosh, I can picture him who had the walrus type mustache. One that cost that kid from Detroit a perfect game. Joyce. Yeah. The worst umpire ever is Jerry Mills, though. Yeah, I know. I'd agree with you. And I, and I like He's him. the one I thought who Joyce the Pirates was a fairly decent plate. Yeah, well, and I always thought Joyce was a fairly decent umpire. And, I, and I'll give the guy credit. I mean, because he even after that game was he like – He came yeah. right out. Yeah, he's like, I blew it. Yep. I cost him. I, I cost that kid. Yep, yep. <laughs> he did. But, like you said, though, he also at the same time was like – he owned it immediately. He and owned that, it. And, that was cool. And, yeah, and, and guys around the league respected him a ton before that, and even you know, even after that, I think it it raised even more for him because it was like, all right, there's a guy who's going to go, yeah, I screwed you. Like Ted Bob Barrett's man. another one that's good. Scott Welke, like, oh, I like Welke. Now, his, <clears throat> there's times I feel like he can pinch guys, but I mean, he's he's going to make you put it over the dish and in the zone. Like if see, it's I, there, he's not giving it to you. Quite honestly, CJ, I like that. I no no no, I I don't hate it. I, I mean, I, I like him. Um, it's Tim Welkie. Never mind. I messed that up. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, I like him. I, I don't have an issue with him. Um, you know, but I mean, if you go yeah. into that thing, you you know what you're you're going to give. And yeah. Like, like my you said, boy he'll... Rizzy with his third of the night. Yes, sir. I just saw that. <laughs> he he does. He does make you he does make you throw strikes. I mean, that's that's for yeah. sure. 
Yeah, you're 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 gonna hit the white with him. There, yeah, there's no question. So, CJ, we just can't kind of came out of the box real quick here talking about the umpiring. Um, let's let's let, let's get strike two here, buddy. Let's let's get to topic two here on the evening. Um, you went to the Bronx this weekend, watched a little Guardians Yankees. I was in D.C. on Tuesday. For some uh, Nats and D-backs at the old Nats ballpark, a little Natitude. Kind of want to get some ballpark reviews here, man. Was that was that your first time at the new the new Yankee Stadium? No, this actually was my second time at the new Yankee Stadium. I went, gosh, a couple of years ago when they played uh, the Red Sox. Um, Pre-COVID, correct? No. Oh. Yeah, Pre-COVID. Um, gosh, it's been... I think it was 2017, maybe. Yeah. Well, I, and, and also, too, also, you, so you went pre-COVID to Yankee Stadium. Okay. Yeah. So you've been there back. Now, I, I want to get your ballpark review, but I also want to hear your account of events because you were there Saturday for the whole ordeal with Miles Straw and the fans and everything like that. But before that, let's do a little ballpark review here in D.C., buddy. I got to tell you this. Have you ever been? I have not. So – it is an absolutely beautiful little ballpark. Um, kind of has a view of some apartments out there in center field. But you take the metro. That's just how you want to do it. You want to take the metro. You'll literally pop off right there onto a little district there. You've got a, like Buffalo Wild Wings. they got a place called the Bullpen on the green line. You pop out. You're right there in center field. Okay. They've got a gate right there in center field. The team shop's right out there behind it. Went in there, got some sweet pair, some sweet gear, buddy. Um, got an Expos shirt uh, and a President's Race shirt. Got my sister a uh, Cherry Blossoms JB jersey. That's her boy from back in the Charleston days. So some good stuff in the team shop, man. Uh, didn't have a great crowd because it was a cold, blustery day. I mean, game temps were in the 40s, CJ. Um, you know, it was – it was chilly. Um, pitchers enjoyed themselves in a one nothing game, mind you. But, dude, food there, fantastic, by the way. Concourses are huge out in the outfield. They're underneath of the kind of their their second tier of the outfield seating that kind of extends out throughout the outfield. The chili, Ben's Chili Bowl out there in uh, center field. Some good, some really, really good uh Smokies, man. You throw a little ch- little chili on them, onions. Um, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, had a good sausage while, while I was there as well. A little brat. Italian sausage action was good. Had some funnel cake fries. They actually also, CJ, sell hot chocolate with a little bit of spiked Baileys. Ooh, we both got some of those. Now, my girlfriend said that it didn't really do the trick for her, didn't get her buzzed. It was a little pricey, but I enjoyed it, not going to lie. Um, yeah, it was a one nothing game, CJ. National scored uh, Victor Robles and got a base hit, and Lucius Fox reached on a, a sack bunt attempt where the first baseman dropped the ball. Cesar Hernandez then got a little double rope shot down the line, made it one nothing. That was the only run that scored in the game. Uh, Juan Soto didn't do much. Josh Bell had a couple hard-hit balls, but they made plays on it. 
and uh, Nationals ended up walking a couple guys in the ninth, had bases loaded, and Taylor Rainey was able to find a way to wiggle, wiggle, wiggle out of the jam, and uh, they held on for a one nothing win. Uh, but an awesome ballpark, man. It was fun to be there. Um, the president's race was hilarious. Uh, they went, they, they, they run out of center field, right? And everybody else runs down toward the third baseline, but Teddy went toward the first baseline. And so Teddy thought he was winning, but of course he was not because he went the wrong way. Oh. So the legend of Teddy continues, man. I, mean, I think he's won once in the entire time they've done the president's race, but you know, didn't change that night for me either. So didn't, <laughs> didn't see it old, didn't see old Teddy get the dub, but man, I mean, I'll tell you this fun ballpark, not baseball heaven like PNC, but very enjoyable experience, man. And one that I would definitely uh, want to partake in again, man. Um, it's been chilly. The Ben Chili's uh, Smokies out there were so good. I mean, so, so good. And then um, also got a souvenir Nats Cherry Blossom uh, cup uh, as well. They're big on the Cherry Blossoms right now out there. That's their City Connect jerseys this year. Which are and, sweet uh, looking, by the way. Very sweet. You know, by the way, too, and we'll get into this a little later as well, kind of want to talk some City Connect jerseys. Uh, Connect CJ, I want to talk about those a little bit later. Um, the Royals unveiled theirs as well. Pretty sweet. But, buddy. Talk to me about Yankee Stadium, and I want to hear all about the situation that occurred one Saturday afternoon. Yeah, um, you know, Yankee Stadium um, is pretty cool, and it was pretty cool to be able to do it uh, with Eva, uh, her son JJ, uh, their first time. Obviously, my son Timothy's first time on his ninth birthday, which is always pretty cool to do. you know, we stayed in New York. We stayed in Times Square. Uh, so you did know, you get it, did you get it on the board? By the way, got it. it. Did not get his happy birthday on the board, but I did get him on the board. They've got a thing. Oh uh, wow! Tweet, tweet at the Yankees with their hashtag, which is uh, Rep BX. Um, <clears throat> you know, for Rep Bronx. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually showed the picture of me and him sitting there together on on the board. Oh, <laughs> sick! Did you guys get a picture of him? I did get a it? picture of it. That's awesome. That's awesome, um, buddy. He he, well he he absolutely had a blast, but it's kind of cool. Like I said, we stayed in Times Square, um, walked down a couple, you know, we walked into Times Square or whatever so that they could kind of get that, you know, because it's one o'clock game. So we had, you know, a little time to kill. Um, but, you know, then hopped on the uh, D train, took it right there to 161st Street. Um, and you come out and when you first come out, you're kind of right beside some of their team shops and some of the bars. Um, and then you've got the one Metro line that runs above you. And as soon as you clear it, which is like four steps, it's just this mammoth ballpark. And, you know, you walk in and it's just, it, it is how you see it on TV, that big open enclosed concourse, um, you know, kind of the cathedral of baseball is, as Yankee fans like to call it. Um, and I mean, the concourses are big and wide, um, security, you know, extremely awesome and helpful and not really a whole lot of rude people. A lot more Cleveland Guardians fans than I thought would be there. Um, they they actually traveled fairly well. Um, kind of a late arriving crowd. I didn't really fill in until about the second inning. Um, but no. day game. Yeah, it's a day game. Um, but I mean, it was it was really cool. Uh, it was like sixty two sunny. 
Um, Much better than my weather. That's for yeah. Sure. It was perfect baseball weather. Um, it wasn't overly hot, but it wasn't cold. Um, the food in Yankee Stadium has gotten a little better price. The first time that I went, I went with my dad, um, and two. We each got so we got a total of four hot dogs, two big baskets of fries, and two drinks, and it was like fifty bucks. Um, so they have gotten a little better, a little pricing. Um, you know, her, even I got like two beers. It was like $10 and some change. So, I mean, it, you know, and they were good sized cans. So, I mean, you know, they've, they've adjusted pricing to come to some kind of a normalcy in there. Um, we were in the second deck on, in right field. Um, so close to, close to my Timothy's favorite player, which is obviously Aaron judge, um, came Oh, so close to getting a ball. Oh, so close. Um, All rise. <laughs> you know, um, Judge was throwing balls into the stands after, you know, warm-ups. And he was f- just flicking his wrist and getting them into the second deck. <laughs> and I'm talking. Yeah, he's, deep, he's a big boy. You know. deep, deep into the second deck. But, no, it was it was a fun game. Um, Nestor Cortez pitched, um, which was a little disappointing. My, Timothy wanted to see Garrett Cole. Like, that's that's probably his second favorite Yankee is Garrett Cole. Um, but Nestor was all Nestor pitched extremely well. Um, it was, it was a really well-pitched game fast. Um, I think it was done in three and a half hours, which is kind of an amazing thing. Um, the Yankee game in three and a half hours is amazing. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and then it was kind of cool to get the walk off. Um, you know, Chad Green can't hold on, gives up a big home run and then, they find a way to score two in the ninth with a Glaber walk off that was was pretty cool. Like the stands went insane where we were. So, um, you know, it, it it was really really cool. Um, there was a lot of energy in that ballpark that day too, though. CJ, there was. There, Give me a little was, bit of a Reader's yeah. Digest of what happened. You're in right field. This happened in left center, correct? Yeah, it was kind of weird. I was <clears throat> obviously you know Quan backing up for that ball smacks into the wall he was down for for a little he was down for probably two minutes or three minutes before the trainer even came out of the dugout like i don't know why the guy waited so long i don't know if he thought maybe he's just taking a minute or what mm-hmm. um and i kind of looked away and then by the time i came back over that's when i saw him on the fence and with straw climbing up the fence and it was really kind of weird and you couldn't really tell from our angle what happened. And then after the game, because of where we were, you couldn't really see what <clears throat> what all went down. Now, I have seen <clears throat> there was a video posted on YouTube. Yep. Uh, a fan had taken from that side. And <clears throat> look, it's a day game. Tickets out in the outfield bleachers are, are pretty cheap. Guys are drunk. They're mouthing off. They're they're taunting, they're heckling. That's kind of what they do. You're gonna get that in any ballpark in a you know, especially in New York. And to me, that's one where I think if you're straw, you gotta walk away. Just just don't pay him any attention. Yeah. Just don't don't climb the fence and yell, hit me, mother. Yeah. yeah that, that that's was... not a good look. Um I mean they definitely propose, but but yeah, I'm with you. You you, you can't it's not a good look. You you're the professional, you're the guy who's making making potentially you know maybe not miles straw's case uh quite yet but i mean you're making some good chunk of change you know yeah um 
Just and the, ble- and the bleachers creatures greeted him the next day with the chant of Spider Man. Or no, I'm sorry, Peter Parker is what they chanted at him. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, um, but I mean, know, you know, but and, at the and same don't, time, and, yeah. And, and if you're Yankee fans, don't throw trash on the field, especially in that it, moment. Exactly. Labor Gla- gets a huge hit, which he needed, I think, mentally to walk it off you get a huge win you hadn't really been playing all that well you got a fantastic pitching performance you know outside of you know Nestor probably makes one mistake pitch that gets hammered and even watching it on replay I mean it wasn't a huge mistake it just he he didn't quite hit his target ball gets hit and then obviously you know Chad gives up the home run but I mean overall well pitched um on both sides um you know Cleveland's it, pitching was good all day too. It, that that's a huge win. It, 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 Except for Quas, let's let's go ahead and say that he, he did not have a good outing. Yeah, so I mean, you know, uh, celebrate it. Don't don't be a jackass. You know that that that's my whole thing on it. And and unfortunately, sometimes that's going to happen. And and I read a bunch of things where people are like, "This is why you don't." Throw alcoholic games, and if you think you can throw a twenty-five dollar beer on the field, I'm glad you have that kind of money. Well, first off, I don't know who's buying twenty-five dollar beers. Even college kids aren't that stupid. Yeah, twenty-five dollar <laughs> beers. No, now maybe if you give me three for twenty-five dollars at a ballpark, I'm probably yeah, I'm, I'm reluctantly going to go for it. You know, yeah, because yeah. Qu- like you said, the Quantrill pitched well. Uh, now Cortez had the. Had the swing and miss going with eight punch outs in that game. It was a good game. And like you said, CJ, that kind of got the Yankees kind of ship righted. Uh, they've been playing some real good baseball of late. Uh, now, I mean, what they won Saturday, Cole came back and shoved on Sunday. Uh, you had you had the off day yesterday and today kind of beating up on the, uh, the Orioles there tonight with Judge with a birthday home run and then Rizzo with three home runs in the game. Um, looking to get to eleven and six. Uh, yeah, Yankees are starting some good baseball. Yeah, and you know it, it's it, it's really kind of funny how in two weeks things can change. You know they were sitting, I think, third in the division. Now they're going into going into today. We're tied for first. Um, you know with Toronto. So I mean it, it's it, it's one of those things where it's baseball is very very tough in where are you kind of at this point in the year? Cause everybody kind of ebbs and flows and you're kind of figuring it out. Um, exactly. And, and, and you've had, you've had about, let's be real. I mean, if most teams at this point in time have played about 16 games, 17 games, so you've played about, you know, an eighth of your season at this point in time, which is, a, a, well, maybe not an eighth, but, but, close to maybe a ninth potentially so it's it's interesting to kind of see where teams are at what they're doing um and like you said you know in the american league east the yankees are starting to surge a little bit the the, the blue jays have been playing good all year um and then tampa's kind of treading water in boston you know if unless they can find a way to get this one done here tonight uh versus the jays that game is tied right now in the in extra innings Boston needs a big win like that because if not, they'll fall uh, their fourth straight. And now they're seven and eleven. And you know, in a division like that, American League East, you don't want to fall too far behind. You, you don't. I think if you're you're Boston too, the the more you continue to struggle, the the bigger the albatross around their neck becomes in Bogart's endeavors and not being able to get those deals done. 
Um, you're big on that. You've you've talked about that in the in the uh, you know before before opening day as well as that being kind of a thing that you're very yeah concerned it's, about it's, for them because it's been you know a bunch like I've seen a couple of different things get posted where people are really starting to kind of pick apart what Bogarts is saying in the media. And it's, I don't know if it's a big deal in the clubhouse, but to the media and the fans it is. And so it kind of, I think at some point the noise becomes too loud to ignore. Yeah. I I would agree with that CJ. So, I mean, that would, that would be my thing. And and like you said, in, in the American league East, you don't want to find yourself, too far back because it just it gets it, it's a gauntlet to try and catch it so um you know but and i think the 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 thing that struck me kind of as interesting was at that yankees game you know cortez was dealing and you could tell that pitch count was a hard 90 like he came out to start um i believe it was the seventh pitching well gets the guy gets a guy out on a weak pop-up in two or three pitches and Boone yanked him like that was like, I mean, you could tell it was, was a hard pitch count. And I've seen that kind of uh, in some different spots where managers are with their starting pitchers, especially because of the shorted spring training, those, those pitch count numbers aren't real negotiable. And I, I'm kind of wondering when that's going to start the light up a little. I'm wondering though, if it's just certain organizations are much more that way than others um well because cole seemed to be on one sunday like he got to he got i think into the mid 90s and then was done and was still pitching pretty well but yeah i'm, I'm just wondering if maybe it's we want to make sure these guys are stretching and guys and, and with certain guys within the yankees organization i can understand especially like maybe severino who's pitching for the first time in like two and a half three years and I, and I can understand that too. I, and also, I'll say this too, CJ. I think there's something to be said for this. The players' union actually extended the amount of time that they're able to keep more arms up now until essentially the end of May, which I think is interesting. Um, and not to mention, I mean, you think about it though, most of the time, February through, um, you know, essentially April to get ready, whereas this year they really had March. And that was. <laughs> not that far off at all um yeah know, but i mean for, instead of being for that of, yeah but instead of having really the month of february to that where it's just pitchers and catchers and all you're doing is is working on getting that arm back you know they jumped pretty much right into spring training games so they didn't really get that full stretch of time and i and i think that's that's some of it um you know i and I think, you know, pitchers, I think right now are are, are slightly ahead of hitters. Um, I saw a stat the other day that like 50 some percent of the league is hitting under 230. See, I don't know if that's as much to do with uh, pitchers being ahead of hitters as much as it's just approaches nowadays. Guys are not as concerned with putting the ball in play as often. And I think that's partially why you see those averages being so low, not necessarily so much that the pitching is that far ahead of the hitting. Um, well, I don't know. And also, it's, it's cold weather games too. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, it, it, it it's cold weather games too. And then I think too with hitters is they didn't have as much time to kind of get that timing back, you know, because hitting is a lot of timing and, and, and seeing live bullets and they didn't get quite as much of that as normal. 
So I, I think that's playing into it. Some, I think you're right, too. I think some of the approaches, you know, uh, you, you look at a guy like Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo's never been a 300 hitter. You know, he's a guy that's 250, 260. He's going to strike out a bunch, but he's going to hit a ton of home runs. But the other thing he does, too, is he gets a lot of walks. So he's never been an average guy, and I think you're seeing not maybe a more trend of that guy, but the the, the strikeout versus the average isn't – there's not as much emphasis put on that. It's more of, okay, is the guy getting on base than he is – how many strikeouts does he have? I mean, I, I think you're seeing a, an extreme swing. Well, it's, I think it's, at some point it's, it's going to – three outcome out. guys, you know what I mean? They're okay with you taking walks and working guys deep in the count, which is fine. My thing is when you get to two strikes, put the ball in play. I think championship teams, you put the ball in play. You know, uh, you know, you look at the 2015 Royals. I mean, you put the ball in play, good things happen, CJ. Speaking about the Royals, kind of want to hit on the rest of the American League here real quick as well. Um, the Central, everyone's kind of treading water at this point. I think the story at this, the story would be though the White Sox have lost heading into games on Monday night, eight straight ball games, CJ. Uh, Liam Hendricks has a little bit of an issue. Eloy Jimenez is hurt. That team not going in the right direction right now. Uh, they lost again this evening. So they're to the Royals. They are now 6-10, and ten, a team that I really liked, and I know you did too in that division. We kind of felt really good about it. Uh, they're struggling, and uh, Minnesota has that lead. Cleveland, who you saw now, uh, after losing the games to the Yankees, have now lost two in a row. Uh, I mean, I still say that's going to be the White Sox division. There's, they've lost eight straight, and they're only two out. But, you know, interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and I think you're going to see – I don't think these standings are nearly the same at the end of May as they do right now. I think you're going to see some of the – the teams we expect to be at the top make their move, make their way up there. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't foresee anything major really of the trends we've seen really continuing as far as where teams are currently sitting, unless, unless maybe something's just crazy where we maybe overvalued the White Sox, but I don't think that's the case. I'd agree, man. And, you know, also speaking of the Central, we hit on all the other teams in the division except for this one. The Tigers uh, ended up getting a big milestone last week with Miguel Cabrera getting that 3,000th hit. Despite your boy Booney not wanting to allow him to get it against him, walking him in the ninth, and then Austin Meadows made him pay in that game that they lost, excuse me, the game last Thursday afternoon there in Motown at Old Comerica. Um but, uh, you know, good for Mickey, professional. Seen some videos from back when he was with the Marlins when he was like 20 and Roger Clemens was in his 40s and he took him deep in the World Series. Just a, a phenomenal hitter and definitely one of the, one of the best we've seen in, in our generation. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the guy's an absolute fantastic hitter. Um, you know, and he's, you know, obviously a little longer in the tooth um, at this point and really backside but i mean fantastic to see him get to that and um the career he's put together um definitely definitely going to be a guy you see in cooperstown uh, before when it's all said and done first ballot without question hall of famer uh is is miguel cabrera without doubt there 
CJ. I guess the question would be, I mean, he's going to go in as a Tiger, correct? I don't think there's any other any other way about it. Yeah, I, I, I probably go in as a Tiger. Um, I mean, you know, does have a World Series ring with the Marlins, though. Um, Early career, I, but he's been with the Tigers so long. I would yeah, be shocked he, if he does anything else. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be too. Um, I mean, now if I'm a Marlins fan, I'm begging for him to go in that way. But no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be Tigers. If, if not, I mean, I think that would be a missed a miss on his part. Uh, but still interesting, um, you know, and, and awesome to see Miggy get get that three thousand hit and kind of put a put a nice little uh, exclamation point on his Hall of Fame resume. AL West right now, CJ Seattle has been playing phenomenal baseball. Um, and Ty France hitting the cover off the ball. I mean, they've get, they've been getting good pitching. I, you know, we kind of were we were curious about Seattle in the in the before the season. And I'll be honest, CJ, I've seen a, I've seen enough of them to this point in the season to kind of believe that they might be a team really, really, truly worthy of a look. I mean, I. I really like that ball club. You got Frazier leading off. France Winker's not even hitting yet, but Suarez is getting a resurgence. JP Crawford has been phenomenal at this point. Tom Murphy, uh, the backstop has been unreal. I mean, now granted, I mean it's early and it's tough to kind of make a lot about it. But I mean, Logan Gilbert uh, has an ERA point four to this point. CJ had a great outing tonight against against the Tampa Bay Rays went five and two thirds struck out seven only allowed two hits. I mean, Mariners are playing some great baseball and I think it's a team that it's worth keeping your eye on here as we continue to move forward in the summer as are the angels uh, right there in the mix. Houston's kind of been treading water in three and seven in their last 10, not exactly been a great start for the Astros. No, it, it, it hasn't. The Astros have lost, you know, a lot of, you know, what, you know, people I think would conceive as, as what they've had um, roster wise. The core uh, is depleted a little bit. I think you'd yeah, say that's a fair statement. Yeah. So I, I think that is, has something to do with it. Um, I'm with you. Seattle has been playing really well. Um, the angels right now, um, you know, hanging in there with it. The, the only, like I said, for me with the angels is I've kind of just reached this, show me with it can trout stay healthy can (laughs) stay healthy you know tyler wade right now is playing extremely well and as a a former yankee fan as a yankee fan and a a former player with them i'm glad to see him getting full time um you know getting getting real opportunities because because the guy can flat out play um you know, I think that, the question is still going to be the pitching is, with them. Yeah, I, I think pitching is going to be a huge issue with them. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Syndergaard has has pitched well, but can he stay healthy? Um, you know, he's looked well, very good to this point, though. CJ, very, very good. And he, he has. And by and, the and way, Lorenzen has pitched extremely well as well for them. Yeah, Lorenzen. Lorenzen has been very good, a very good addition for them. And like you said, both him and Syndergaard. Two good additions out there for the Halos. I did want to bring up real quick, though. Did you see the, the Mike Trout kind of check swing home run down the right field line? I, I don't think I've ever seen anything crazier than that in my life. Like, he literally took like a 40% swing 
and somehow managed to get it out into that little short porch they have down there in right field. Unbelievable. But yeah, something his, else his, all you want to think about here with Trout. Four homers, six RBIs. Got to get guys in front of him right now. They're not doing a good enough job of that. Yeah, got to get guys on base. And, and Mike Trout, is uh, he's, you know, to borrow an old country phrase, as strong as an ox. I mean, the, the guy is just unreal strong. Yes. Um, you know, there might be – I, I would go as far as to say there's probably only one other guy in baseball that maybe get that could probably do like a forty percent get one out of the ballpark. Yeah, and it's Stanton. Like maybe that, judge, maybe judge, m- maybe. But it, it, like if, if I had to put money on it, I'm putting money down Stanton and Trout, and that's it. Like <laughs> to me, that's the list. Yeah, you know, judge maybe because he is a huge dude, and seeing him in person, you're just like overly shocked by this like the size of it i mean <clears throat> at one point he was standing beside somebody i'm trying to remember who it was oh he was standing beside rizzo and he is li- like rizzo's heads to his shoulders and rizzo's not a short dude by any stretch of the imagination but judge makes him look like a dwarf <laughs> like the, the the size of aaron judge is absolutely insane yeah, I mean, some big boys out there in the Yankees outfield, that's for sure. Uh, CJ, we hit on the American League. I, I, I don't want to get too into the weeds in the National League, but I do want to hit on a couple of things real quickly. And I think this is something that I'm noticing to this point. I think the Mets are for real. Uh, right now I'm watching them on the TBS Tuesday games. By the way, the first one of those, it's been a, a 7.45. All the other ones have been 10 o'clockers. Um, they look good. Chris Bassett threw the ball well today. Adovino throwing some smoke out of the pen. Diaz has been good. Buck Showalter's got the culture right there. The Braves are in a little bit of a World Series hangover at this point. The Nats are rebuilding. The Phillies are just, they're feeling right now. I don't want to say that in the wrong way, but they just haven't gotten any footing. The Marlins they're, are probably been the best team to this point in contention against them with their pitching, but they just don't have the bats. But the Mets have been phenomenal to this point in the early season. Yeah, the Mets have, have played really well, and, I, and I'm with you. I think the Marlins have kind of been the surprise on that. Um, the Braves kind of in that hangover. Philly just absolutely cannot get anything pitching-wise right now. Um, yeah, consistently. It, it, yeah, it, and, but, I mean, it's but, funny, though, for the Phillies, like, they on Sunday night baseball, you know, in Shorebert, and what we started the whole podcast off with here, you know, uh, you know, you lose a game one to nothing to Milwaukee, but then there's other nights when you hit and you get absolutely no pitching. It's it, the Phillies just haven't seemed to be able to get in a rhythm yet to this point in the time of the season. Granted, so early in the year, and also about Atlanta, Bacuni is going to be coming back here soon, and that's going to change a lot of things for them. Yeah. Uh, and, and my 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 thing right now is with the Mets. I mean, they have been playing extremely well. Their bullpen still scares me a little. The um, Mets bullpen. Really? Yeah. I, 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 would, a I would disagree of, with you on that, CJ. The, the only reason I say that is, is they've got a couple of guys who can have a tendency to have meltdowns. We, we've seen out of Vito have stretches where he doesn't pitch well chase i, 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 I will say like this Julio I, Rodriguez. like they've got i'll say this though, cj i'll say this real quick when it gives I when it goes bad it goes a, bad quickly I, I, I think you're thinking a little bit too much about some of these guys when they were in different situations 
I also think, man, bullpens, guys are able to throw well. It's such a volatile thing year to year. That, well, you're throwing an inning at a time. If a guy's in a groove, he knows what he's doing, who's who's catching him. Things can change very quickly, um, very, very quickly for guys coming out of a pen. And, and you know, what sample sizes, like you said, they can change in a heartbeat. Like, you know, this evening, the Pirates bullpen uh, kind of got – lit up a little bit in the sixth inning gave up six runs they had been electric all year to this point in time and sometimes you have situations where a one outing one guy gets gets a little gets kind of bloated up that era real quick and then they've been good the rest of the time that does happen a lot so you don't want to take too much out of those types of situations Correct. No, no, no. And, and I'm with you. And like I said, some of it is is situational, um, you know, and like I said, yeah. And with the Mets, too, I mean, my thing is, you know, right now. I feel like starting pitching wise, like if they have an injury, you know, what does that really do for them? Um, I feel like they're in good shape, CJ, because McGill's good. They haven't had to grom. They've yet but they've been reports that he's looking pretty good and is on track to come back scherzer's been you know pretty good to this point in time in the season and it's kind of given them what they've wanted bassett looked great tonight and was pretty good in his first couple outings i i really like the Mets, cj you know and we've talked yeah. about it before we'll, I, we'll we won't close we won't dwell too much more on them because i want to talk about the west and then really briefly the central before we get to the city connect jerseys yeah, no, I, and, and I know you're big on the Mets, and, and it, this isn't, you know, this Yankee fan just hating on the team in Queens. It's just – But it kind of is, buddy. Let's it, well, it is a little bit, but I just – like I said, it, DeGrom, does he come back in June? Does he have a setback? What happens there? Serger's been a guy who has been known to hit the DL at times, just getting a little older. Like, I, I don't know. There's There's some – there's some questions I still have with the Mets, and it all just completely revolves around can can they keep their main guys healthy? It's in you know it's CJ. I think the question you know I've noticed you do this a lot. Um, you're big on can you keep guys healthy? I think until we see you know guys go down, you, you got to assume that guys are going to hopefully stay healthy. Now, granted, you're going to see injuries, but to to always question it, I think is is a little bit more difficult all those guys have track records of getting of getting yeah that that's still the deal that's that i understand yeah, your point. that's that and that's where i'm looking at it is, is the track record not necessarily it, you know and i said the same thing about the yankees when it comes to guys like judge and stanton like my concern is can they play a full season without spending extreme time on the il yeah like that that's when i really start to focus on it is okay like the grom's not been a guy that's always been on it but here the last Little bit. He's been on it, it enough. Yeah, he's been on it enough to where I look at it and go, "Okay, can I? Can you? Can you pencil him in for thirty starts? Eh, I don't know. Can I get him for at least twenty? Eh, maybe. Like that. That's when I start to really kind of look at it. Um, I think they're going to be okay as long as they get him back in that division right now. I think it's going to be okay. The Phillies, who knows? <laughs> the Nationals are absolutely awful. The Braves are in a hangover and. I mean, let's be realistic. The Marlins just don't have the bats to really challenge that race. That that division probably over by the trade deadline. The uh, I get where you're. I, 
process there, but the Braves and the Phillies, I don't think are out of this yet. Um, I don't think they're out of it yet, but they're going to have to start really playing some good baseball here soon. Cause I don't think you want to get too far behind. Well, exactly. Uh, exa- and I think the Mets this year, it's a different vibe with Buck Showalter and some of the dudes that they brought in um, to kind of help this team out like a Mark Connor and Starling Marte and Lindor's back to being Lindor and, you know, you got Scherzer and you're going to add to Grom and who knows, you might add more pieces if need to be. Um, you CJ, might, and you might, but here's going to be the question is, is what, what does that look like? Because we'll get to it now though. The West right now, I mean, the Dodgers, the Giants and the Padres are all playing really good baseball right now. Well, I'll tell you one team that I expect to fade eventually, and that's the Giants. I think the way they're doing things right now, I'm a, I am a, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I'm putting Gabe Kapler on notice, CJ. I don't like the way he's going I was about it. Ask you about this? I don't at it's all. I think your... you're going to burn bridges. The baseball gods will make you pay eventually. I'm not sure how great the Giants really are. I think they've had a lot of good fortune over the last year and a half. I just. I just think that there's something about the way the Giants are going about their business right now that just doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a massive old school unwritten rules guy, but at the same time, there's respect of the game and they don't seem to have it for their opponent. And that's a problem. Correct. Yeah. For me, there, there is kind of, Maybe not the unwritten rules, but there is still some kind of respect element to it. And CJ, when you're thing. bunning, when you're bunning with a nine-run lead against the Padres, ridiculous. And now the the Escobar thing the other night, um, that's different. But when you have your own, uh, you know, studio analyst in the post game, a lifelong giant, Richard Rillia, kind of questioning your decisions and saying you're not making any many friends. That's really interesting because those are supposed to be cheerleaders for the club. Yeah, here and here's my thing. Like, and and I've and I've really started. There's two things that I look at this. Like, if if you're blowing a team out and you know you're still scoring runs, but you know you're not being ultra aggressive on the base pass. All right, well, you know what? Sometimes that happens, and you right. know, right, you know, it's just got to be better. You know. Um, the old Greg Schiano line when we put 80, when West Virginia put 80 on Rutgers, well, you just got to tackle. But, you know, <laughs> but, you, when, you, but when, like, when Estrada's doing what he did the other night, like, yeah, if you're trying, trying to score to, from first on a, yeah, on a base hit in the ninth in late innings when you're already up seven runs, I mean, that's, that's an issue. Yeah. Well, and, and here's my thing. And, and to me, I feel like we've taken the ability to police a little this away because 10 years ago, the next guy up would have got hit. Oh, I don't think that that ability has been taken away. Well, I just I think, think sometimes bit because I think the umpires, like you see a guy get pitched inside or get hit, and then all of a sudden they're warning both guys. Let let the players police it a little. As long as well, they're not head hunting, let them go. And you know what? I'll say this, CJ. If in a situation, if the Giants get get a few of those uh, put between the back of their numbers there in certain spots, they might quit doing some of that stuff. Just saying. Yeah, like, I mean, I saw, uh, I think it was a Mets game earlier this year. You know, a guy gets hit and both benches clear. Yeah, screw that. Just hit the next guy up and be done with it. Uh, like, that was an interesting out? spot, though, CJ, because it was opening weekend and uh, Lindor got hit on Friday night. 
uh, excuse me, on Thursday night in the, in the opener. And then Friday, Alonzo got hit, and they'd hit two other guys. And at that point in time, the Mets hadn't retaliated yet. That was an interesting one. I, I do remember that, and I do know what you're talking about. Okay, then um, don't be mad. Don't be mad at the other team. Be mad at your own pitching staff for not taking up for you. Yes, I'll agree with that. I'll <laughs> agree with that, which is not what we're talking about here with the Giants. Uh, the Giants, they – I don't know, CJ. I, and also, I'll say this, too. The whole situation there with Mike Schilt and uh, the first base coach, kind of those comments, uh, that was very, very – I'm not going to get into it too much here, but I didn't like the way that that was interpreted. I liked the way they handled it in the end. Both guys, you know, got out in front of it. Both guys, you know, said their piece. Both both guys did what they needed to do because it – and luckily, the moment didn't become bigger than that because of what happened with the Giants having the first woman coach end up coming out there and coaching at first base. Uh, I kind of was able to, to alleviate some of those kind of tensions. And Mike Schilt got out in front of him and did a good job. But, I mean, when you're essentially saying to control one of your players and that became a racist comment, well, that's just really, really interesting to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I think the sometime... Giants are becoming, and I don't want to say this the wrong way, they're becoming very liberal, CJ. They need to worry about playing the game of baseball. In my yeah, and, and, and I'm with you. I, I think they're going to fade a little. We we talked about last year, you know, they, they was not smoking mirrors, but it was kind of like, wow, okay, not really sure how they managed to do that. I think at some point they are going to fade. And, and more importantly, I, I think the baseball gods at some point are, are going to be like, all right, you're 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 playing with fire, and now you're gonna get burned. Yeah, and I and I also think this year the Padres won't won't fall falter off like they did last year. Um, when are they? And, when is Tatis supposed to come back? It's it's very kind of uh, up in the air, CJ. I would imagine here in another month or so, um, and I think that's huge. But the Padres are had a competitive series there with with LA over the weekend. Um, one of I mean, the because they're, extra innings the other night on Saturday. I mean, they're they're right there. And yeah, their pitching I, stays healthy. They're going to be good, especially yeah. with the addition of Manai this offseason and what they already had, um, especially when guys get back and get healthy. Yeah, because I, I, he's he's a big piece. I think they're, they're going to need, especially down the stretch. I mean, Machado has played really well so far this year. Um the the one guy that's actually surprised me a little in his struggles for the Padres has been Luke Voigt. Um and now he's I, on the I, IL. Yeah, I mean I really hadn't expected him to to struggle quite that much. I mean, he's two years removed from leading the league in home runs. Granted it was a shortened COVID year, but I mean still, you know, he he's always been a guy that's, you know, seemed to hit the baseball well and has really kind of struggled out there. Um but I mean, some of that I think is platoon duty too, because I mean Hosmer's out there too. But I, I like the Padres, but I really, really think they need to get Tatis back in that lineup to if they really are going to make a push, especially at the Dodgers. Absolutely, and that's speaking of the Dodgers. Like I was kind of joking around on Friday and said, "Man, I don't think the Dodgers are playing all that well." And then all of a sudden, I looked and like they were twelve. They're twelve and four, and I'm like, "Okay, never mind." Rocky started off really hot and actually kind of did a good job against them. But I think they're going to fade as well. I just don't think they have the pitching. Um, CJ, we were talking about the Padres, and speaking of them, they took it to the Reds today uh, in in Great American Small Park. And the Reds win again. The Twitter account will tell you hell no. Getting into the Central, CJ, Cincinnati's been 
extremely disappointing to this point. Um, three and 14. Uh, my Chester grin here, unfortunately, buddy, I'll, I'll, yeah, I can't even hide it through the phone. Um, but I know the struggles are coming my way too, so I don't want to get too big for my britches here. Uh, Cincinnati will, will will kind of come back and it'll, it'll get back to water level there. But man, their fans are getting really, really testy. Um, and they hadn't actually won a game before the win the other night after the Catalini comments about where you're going to go. And uh, they had almost went essentially two weeks without a win. Um, rough times over there in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And I, I think you kind of had a feeling they weren't going to be a great team with, with some of the, the deals. Didn't see made. this, though. Didn't see I, this. I didn't either. Um, I mean, because it's not like they're, I mean, they're completely devoid of talent. I mean, still have Votto, Hunter Green's throwing 40 pitches, 100 plus in a game. You know, you got Tommy Pham, Mike Mustakas. I mean, they, they they've, they've got some players, and I and I think eventually you're going to find this. It, this thing's going to even itself out and curve. You know out what? This CJ interesting points you brought up though, because you got Tommy Pham and you got Mustakas, guys that are on the other side of their careers a little bit though. And Votto, you know, as good as he is, on the other side of the career a little bit. Um, now they, Jonathan they, India being hurt too hurt him, and also I think unfortunately for the Reds, the fact you had to play the Dodgers for four games. That was a rough go too. Yeah, it was, and you know, I mean, it, you know, and you got Brandon Drury's another guy, you know, on their roster that's you know been around, and yeah, I mean, they've got some guys that are kind of on the other side of things, but I mean, even despite that, um, you know, I, I think they still got some baseball left in them. You know, some some good quality baseball. It it's just been a little bit of a surprise to kind of watch the the, the struggles, but uh, I, I think at some point you're going to see them come back a little bit. Like I said, I, I don't expect them to to contend for the division, but I, I I could see them maybe you know writing this thing out and finishing somewhere in the middle of the pack in that. Well, I hope not, CJ, because the middle of the pack right now in third place for my Buckos at eight and nine here. And we might have lost by three touchdowns against the Cubbies on Saturday afternoon, but we end up winning three or four in the series. And I always say this, they don't ask you how many you won by, they ask you how many you won. And that's all that really matters. The beauty of baseball is the next day. And it was kind of funny because on Sunday after the win for the Pirates, where Bedner was uh, getting fired up and had the big save there, uh, blowing blowing smoke by Contreras and then Schwindel to end the ball game. Um I, you know, texted and was sending the Jolly Roger meme out to people. They're like, wait, ignore Saturday. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's baseball. Like, one game means nothing. Yeah, the Cubs might have a plus 17 run differential on the season now, but the Pirates are ahead of them in the, in the, in the season standings. Yeah, and that, and that stuff. And, and I thought of you when I when I saw that um, thing. I was just like, I, I remember looking at even. I'm like, hey, football game busted out in Chicago and and – that it, it was a baseball game that that's never good um <laughs> cj i'm gonna tell you this was finishing playing golf right and, and anybody who knows about sleepy hollow knows it's you have a, a not a long walk from your cart when you put it up to back to your car but it was four to nothing when we put up the carts and i was playing with a cubby fan and by the time that we got got to my car and his truck and we were pulling out it was nine to nothing and it just happened in a blink of an eye Next time I looked, it was 17 to nothing, and it was like, whew, it did get ugly quickly. 
Yeah, and and sometimes you're it you're gonna though. have you're you're gonna have games like that. Yep. I mean, it's couple errors, balls fall in, you can't get outs, and then you start pitching guys and mop up duties, and maybe position players pitch, and it just gets away. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> anytime you you get a an inning where you know a big crooked number gets hung, it it, it gets tough and. You know, sometimes I think guys at the plate try and hit a six-run home run when nobody's on base, and it's just like, guys, stay within yourself. And they, they games like that get away from you. But like you said, I, the the run differential isn't what matters in, in a series. Whether or not you you know won the series I, is really what what I don't think a run differential. Factor. I don't really truly think run differential CJ is even that big of a deal in baseball in general. And I say that because. I know a lot of people want to make a big deal about that, but Milwaukee, eleven and seven, has a zero run differential. They're even on the year, right? But the Cardinals are nine and seven, and they're about to, uh, you know, lose lose their third straight game, and their run run differential was plus fifteen. And it's like run differential doesn't mean that much. I think people really blow that out of proportion sometimes. I, I think sometimes you can. I, I think especially early in the year. Now I think that's a barometer that starts to kind of come back into play a little. Like we were, talking I agree about with you on that. Year. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, we were talking last year. You know, the Mariners were in a in the wild card hunt, and they had like a negative thirty run differential. And it's like, how the hell is that possible? But you know, I I think sometimes it's it's kind of like the forty time. In football, it's a little overblown and overstated, um, but I think there is some value in it. But I think too much thought gets put into it. it. It really does. I would rather win the win three or four like the Buckos did this weekend than have all the laughs and win a game twenty-one to nothing. I'll just put it right there. Bucko bullpen was phenomenal this weekend. Will Crow, a converted starter, now getting the ball in, in high leverage spots out of the pen was phenomenal. Stratton was good. Hembry was good. Bedner. The renegade man, the man from Mars, uh, went out there and shoved it in uh, in the ninth inning there on Sunday to, to hold off the Cubbies. I, I'm, you know, CJ. I know I'm I'm a little biased here, but I really have enjoyed watching the Pirates this year. And like, if they continue to just hang around the 500 mark, I'm going to be very happy with this ball club. Lost a tough one tonight to the Brew Crew, um, but I, I, you know, and granted, it's it's a small sample size. It's eight and nine. But I'll take that any day of the week. If they can do that for majority of the season and have stretches where they're going eight and nine, I will take that and run with it. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I definitely think the Pirates have been playing well. And I, I think if you're, and that's about Reynolds doing. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think if you're, you're a Pirates fan like you are, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of glimmer and a lot of hope, um, especially towards the future and, um, you know, what, you know, what this team is building and what this team can become. Um, you know, I, I, they've been a very pleasant surprise to, to be playing that well. And, you know, you and I both really thought that they were, you know, going to be a team, you know, middle of the pack in that division could cause some issues for some teams. And, you know, so far that, that has been the case. And I, you know, hopefully for, for, Pirates fans, because I know it's it's been long and it's been tough, um, you know, outside of <clears throat> really just a couple of years. Magical because... three years, brother. A magical yeah. three years. And then we kind of had a chance on a couple other ones, but it didn't really work out the way you would have liked there toward the end of Kutch's uh, era there. 
for the Pirates. It's 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 been a long it's been and I will also say one other thing, CJ, before we get into the uh, the final topic of the night in those City Connect jerseys. Um, the division is not one that's extremely, extremely daunting um, because of the Reds not playing well, because the Cubs, the Pirates have done well against the Cubs, but they are now 0-4 versus the Brew Crew. Lost tonight, got swept by them in the House of Horrors up there at Miller Park. That's going to be a key for the Pirates. If they're going to want to have a chance to hang around, they're going to have to do better against the top of the division there. So far this season, 1-6 and six versus Milwaukee and St. Louis. Going to have to be better than that. Yeah, because you're going to have to prove um, to those teams that you're know you you're coming and you're for real. Um, and, and those are two really good ball clubs. Um, but no, I think I'm, St. Louis I'm, is one that we can handle, though. Yeah, I do too. The, the St. Louis is. I mean, they ha- literally I, I, have the trio on the screen right now: forty-year-old Wainwright, thirty-nine-year-old Molina, forty-two-year-old Pujols, and and they do. I mean, Carlson and O'Neill are good, and obviously Aaron Otter and Goldschmidt are phenomenal guys on the corners, and and they're they're a great team and they're a great organization. But I'm just not as sold on them as maybe I even was to begin the season. Yeah, you know, it it it's tough because I always. Yeah, I go in every year going, okay, this is going to be the year the Cardinals just aren't any good. And because it, it, at some point you have to have a down year, right? Like it, it, at some point. And they're almost kind of like the Bill Snyder K-State Wildcats. Like <laughs> just pencil them in there to be in the hunt somehow, some way. And I don't know how they do it. Guys get hurt. They bring guys up from their farm system. And, Cardinal Devil and, Magic, man. And they, every single one of them always becomes like they're they're like the Rumpelstiltskin. Like every prospect they touch turns to gold. Like Almides Diaz came up for them and hit in the three thirties one year, and then he goes. They let him go, and he ends up being like in the Blue Jays can barely even see the field. Yeah, it's just there, it's there's typical. something about that organization that just you're right, man. Whatever they touch, it, it works. And you know, credit credit to the organization in, in finding ways to do that, but. I, you just keep feeling like one of these years they're they're just it, it's gonna all go wrong. Like it, the law of averages says it has to happen. It, the law of averages says it does have to happen eventually, but it's just has not yet. CJ, in the slightest. Um, real quickly, last thing tonight before we get out of here, City Connect jerseys, man. I I love them. I want to know why certain teams are getting them and others aren't. Like I want to get a better idea of this from nike uh we talked about the nats and how awesome theirs are they debuted um this year versus the mets april 9th those cherry blossoms are sweet um but man i want to get your opinion on some of these here man i mean uh i know this year also that the astros unveiled theirs with the space city um and then the royals are going to have theirs debut against your Yankees actually on April 30th. I really like the Royals ones because it kind of incorporates the fountain. Um, but I kind of want to get your feelings on some of those. There's been 10 of them revealed. I want to get more of them out there. But just your thoughts on the City Connects. And which one do you think is the ugliest? Okay. Uh, there's only one correct answer here. And I know, I hope, I know, I think where you're going. Um, I have... Um, I've loved them. I, I thought they have been really cool. Um, I'm like you. I like Kansas City's. 
Um, it's, you know, incorporating the fountain. Um, you know, the, the white socks, the, the black with the yes. red, with white pinstripes are, are sweet looking. That's um, probably the best to this point or one of the, it's in the top three. Yeah. Um, the Marlins one is really, really sweet looking. Um, yeah, the sugar canes. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, and the story behind it's very cool too, with the the fact that it was you know the the AAA affiliate of the Reds, and they were the sugar can kings, and they played in Cuba for fifteen years, and just the red on there. It's very cool. Yeah, it is. Um, the ugliest one is Boston. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Freaking hideous. One hundred percent. I know it's talking about the marathon. But it's like you're the Red Sox. There's no, there's no red on that thing. There's no of your tr- traditional navy blue. It's a. It looks like you're UCLA, and you're not. Come on. Yeah. Get with the pitcher. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan. Um, from what I understand, though, um, to something you had said, I think with Nike, I think it's basically they're leaving it up to the individual teams and organizations. Um, whether or not they really want to do it. Um, I know the Yankees have been aggressively talking with them about doing something um, with it um, I, and being in active conversations because obviously they're going to want to keep it. Pretty it, traditional. Yeah. Kind of like the Dodgers. The Dodgers was that Los Dodgers to uh, kind of commemorate Fran- Fernando Mania in 81 then it's just really kind of just their normal jersey and just as Los Dodgers. It wasn't great. That yeah, was probably it, one of the worst. And to be honest, Wrigleyville, like with the Cubbies, like cool, but mm, not really. Yeah, I, I didn't dig theirs as much as I did what the White Sox did. Um, Could have been one, better. The one the Diamondbacks did, theirs is really kind of cool looking. Yes. I do like theirs. Um, so Very I, cool. Low Serpentines was kind of just the Serpentines – pretty cool with like kind of a snake look like the beige like desert i like that one a lot as well you know another one that's pretty pretty trash to be quite honest cj and they wear theirs a lot every tuesday night actually the giants no black on that thing the g kind of fades it's supposed to be kind of the fog of the bridge and maybe i'm just a giant hater now but i don't like theirs at all yeah uh i'm with you on that um and I like the teams that have taken not quite a risk, but have done something a little different. I, I'm hoping the Yankees, if if they do pull the trigger on one, do something that's not extremely traditional, takes a little bit of a newer air risk to it. From uh, what we've been told, the Rockies are supposed to bring one out on in June, the beginning of June, June 4th. The Angels in June on June 11th. The Brew Crew on my birthday, June 24th. And the Padres on july 8th so there's going to be four more of them unveiled here relatively soon yeah um i know from what i have read and seen the nike is hoping that everybody decides to do one um you know but like i said they're kind of working with each individual team to see where and how they want to go with it cj Um, i know this for a fact the pirates will end up having a stinking bridge on theirs without question (laughs) Yeah, I, I think. But if it were, looks cool, it looks cool, and I'll be down. Yeah, um, I, I think that'll be kind of kind of neat and interesting. I, I'll give you one. I'm not 
necessarily a huge fan of and that was one of the new ones released I, there's something about houston's i just i'm not so sure i dig it it's not great uh, it's i, I don't get know. why they did it but uh, if i'm them i'd rather rock some of their old school uniforms uh that they used to wear when nolan ryan was pitching for them as opposed to that i mean the space city's cool i guess you've got kind of the nasa theme going on there but yeah i'm with you cj not great Definitely in the bottom half of the City Connect jerseys that we've seen. Yeah, I feel like they, they, they played it just a little too safe with that one. And, you know, I, I'm with you. I would like to see them maybe go something a little more on the old school, like a, a, a new school take on the old school look. Um, but That's yeah. how I like my baseball, CJ. <laughs> little Little old school with a new school attitude. And that is exactly, exactly how the game should be played, man. Yeah, and I'm and look and looking too, man. I, I'll be I'll be extremely excited to see these four that are coming out here soon, especially the fathers, man, the Padres, a little Slam Diego action. That'll be fun uh, to kind of see how that goes. And by the way, CJ, we were talking about it during the broadcast TBS Tuesdays. You get Costas, man, on the mic, and his and Costas's Cardinals got beat tonight, three to nothing by by the Mets. Mets keep rolling, brother. Yeah, the hot just stay hotter. Hey, man, it's still early. It's still early. We'll have to kind of uh, come on back here and, and talk talk again. We, we kind of want to let the season start kind of getting settled for a minute before we uh, we got back into it because then we'd just be continuing to re- reiterate our, our preseason predictions. But, man, <laughs> been good, CJ, and I think we fooled him again tonight. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, my friend. Till next time, sure. let's let's take it easy. Oh.